Hello and welcome once again to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. This week we take our first trip to Bollywood, reviewing Thugs of Hindustan, which is based on Philip Meadows Taylor's 1839 novel Confessions of a Thug. Fun tidbit, this novel is why the word thug exists in the English language. Now, apologies in advance, because we're going to mispronounce everyone's name. This movie was directed by Vijay Krishna Acharya, written by the same, and it was released in theaters November 8th of 2018, starring Amir Khan, Amitabh Bakchan, and Katrina Kaif. This is a story about one man's love for his nation and another's love for power, an epic adventure filled with edge-of-the-seat thrills and war on the seas. This movie has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, not enough reviews for a score on Metacritic, but it is liked by 60% of Google users. Which I feel like is kind of low. That is. Because like even some of the movies that have very low Rotten Tomato scores still have like 80s or 90s for Google. So here are some of the reviews I could find for it. Joe Layden of Variety said, Vijay Krishna Acharya's expensive and exuberant Bollywood masala delivers the goods as a satisfying popcorn epic. So that is a more positive positive review. review. Actually, there were, for, for having such a low score, there were a lot of positive reviews. Mike McCahill of Guardian gave a confusingly positive review saying, this is a film with money to burn and it unabashedly torches each rupee before your eyes. So... I don't know if that's so much positive as just saying it's a clearly... It didn't have the rotten mark next to it. It had the red tomato. So... Okay, fair enough. They thought it was positive. And a review that actually comes from India was from Raja Sen of the Hindustan Times. He said, I believe pirate movies... Okay, I'm going to laugh during this. I believe pirate movies need to have eye patches. This one doesn't, and that's a shame. The viewing experience would have been hugely improved. I should have gone in wearing two. Dang. (laughs) So mean. So one thing I do want to mention before we screen it and come back with our review is I found this quote from the star Amir Khan which is really kind of what our podcast is all about so we look at the movies that critics panned but the common theme is that these are movies that tried so big studio movies or big actors that genuinely tried to make a decent movie so quotes like this break my heart Amir Khan said I would like to say that I take full responsibility for Thugs of Hindostan not working with the audience He also said, I think we went wrong. I would like to take full responsibility for that. You can be sure we tried our level best. So with that, we're going to stream this almost three-hour movie on Amazon Prime. (laughs) But in the meantime, here's a quick ad from our friends at the Online Warriors podcast. Hey there, thanks for listening to our friends here at One Star Bazaar. My name is Nerd Bomber, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Every Wednesday, we discuss the latest in gaming, movies, entertainment, and nerdy news in our Roundtable Roundup. Then we discuss and go hands-on with what we've been up to. If you're interested in checking us out, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also check us out at www.onlinewarriorspodcast.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So it took us two nights, but we have finished Thugs of Hindostan. 
and let's talk about the acting. What do you think? First, let's not talk about the acting. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about, this is the first time we've done a foreign film. Correct. So here's the issue that I have, or that I want to discuss before we jump into the nitty gritty of this movie. I'm not sure what kind of things might feel like they should be off limits to criticize when you're talking about a totally different culture. Right. And the things they don't care about or they do care about. So, well, and what's interesting for you is this is the only Bollywood movie you've ever seen. Correct. So this is all you have to go on. Right. And like Russell Peters jokes where he makes fun of Bollywood films and talks about how they have, you know, 10 million hours of singing and dancing and just melodramatic storyline. Which is kind of what I'm getting at. So, for example, as an American, I might be like, this movie's way too long. And what's with the pointless songs? Which there's like three. Two, one, one makes sense. Two don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But, again, is that really a valid criticism on my part? Because it's, well, that's Bollywood. That's just how they yeah. make their movies. So, that's what they like and that's what sells. Yeah. So... So I, I, will t- I will tell you, no, it. it's not a valid criticism. Okay, that's what, that's how I feel. And I just yeah. want to make that point to start out that there's certain things that we're not maybe accustomed to that we're like, oh, that's a weird, I wouldn't do that. That doesn't add anything. It's like, yeah, but that's the target. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and again, in the vein of this podcast, we often kind of try to grade on a curve and put it in perspective, it's not really any different than when we talk about how, you know, maybe a Michael Bay movie doesn't really deserve to be as widely criticized because that the point of it is to be this stupid action, you know, garbage yeah. heap that Popcorn kids movie. and foreigners love, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, with that being said, go ahead and... So, I have seen... So, my first introduction to Bollywood was another Amir Khan movie. Yes. Lagan, which was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars the year it was up for it. Um, So, I have a soft spot for him. And I want to say, out of all of the performances in this movie, I really don't feel that anyone was particularly bad I feel like I saw similarities to, you know, Amir Khan's character kind of has like a Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean sort of feel to him. Right. But I don't necessarily know that that's his fault. Because he's kind of this like, you know, two-timing con man, like playing every possible side, always looking out for himself, and also kind of ridiculous but at the same time he was so he was kind of a jack sparrow but he was more like charming yeah and disarming with his you know his smile he was very much a con man mm-hmm. i mean jack sparrow tricks people because he's a pirate he's like right. oh, i'm a pirate you know what do you expect yeah. but he doesn't this guy is like the sleazy you know back alley salesman kind of, oh, yes, Mr., you know, carnival barker kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It's also interesting, I I kept trying to think of, like, parallels to what this movie really is. Because, yeah, at the beginning we're like, okay, this is, like, some sort of Pirates of the Caribbean, 
but also they're like fighting for their freedom. It's like a Pirates of the Caribbean meets Robin Hood legend meets Braveheart kind of, you know, like they're trying to liberate their homeland from the British. And it is interesting, and it's not even the British, it's the East India Tea Company. And one of the things I think is interesting, knowing that it is based on a book, Uh granted not, you know, it's not a, it's a fictional book, it's not a, you know, it's not a historical account, Um, but certainly in the time when... Yeah, all of India is essentially just ruled by England and the East India Trading Company, and they don't have any sort of, you know, they're just forced to do whatever these invaders want, essentially. For the reference of anyone who's not familiar with this film, it takes place around the turn of the 19th century. So basically, this is about 20 years after the American Revolution, Mm-hmm. To put it in American perspective, because, you know, we think the world revolves around us. So Yeah. But shout out to our listeners this in is, Finland. <laughs> so this is a little over 200 years ago that this takes place. And, yes, very much the, you know, the British, these British cartels, essentially, are, you know, out there just going around planting flags and claiming everything they can. Yeah. And uh, using nefarious tactics and large-scale military prowess to conquer the world. Yeah. So there were... I want to get into this story because I think we both agree that the acting isn't really the problem here. Yes, but before we get off on that, I'm, I'm curious. So, again, the way my brain works is to kind of come up with corollaries. And so I'm trying to come up with who these people would be in... Like, if you were to, like, say, oh, this movie is now being remade as an American story, mm-hmm. maybe set differently, but the same kind of thing. Like, who who's cast in this film? You know, who are the corollaries between these people? Just so people are aware. Because this is a big budget movie. And these yeah. are, like, legit big stars. Yeah. So, it would be like if George Clooney and Robert De Niro were in a movie together. Would you agree? Yeah. That kind of level of fame? Mm-hmm. Um... And so the older uh, actor, um, Bakchan, right? He is uh, kind of the the mentor, old grizzled freedom fighter guy, the Count of Monte Cristo uh, trainer character guy. I mean, kind of, and he trains the girl. You know, he's the the protector of the girl who's basically the the long lost princess. Yeah. Whose, par- whose family was murdered by the British and, you know, her throne was usurped by them. And then you have Amir Khan, who's kind of on that level of, like, a George Clooney or Brad Pitt in mm-hmm. India. I mean, he's one of the most famous movie stars over there. Yeah. And um, to the point where he not only is a famous actor, but he also has a lot of clout and produces a lot of these movies and, you know... So had, similar to last many... week where we had Eugenio Derbez. Yes, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, there are these very famous within their own uh, country, region people um, who are, in the case of Eugenio Derbez, you know, he's crossing over into American movies in the last few years, mm-hmm. whereas Amir Khan, I mean doesn't need to because India is huge and they love India. So that's kind of where that is. Um, and then there's two main female characters. One is like the, the, the 
the belly dancer. Yeah, she's like a... Is she really even a main character? No, she... Well, okay, so here's the thing. Like, two hours into this movie, I was about to turn to you and be like, you know, what was the point of her character? We saw her for like three minutes, and then in she walks, and they're like, oh, we need your help. And then she's kind of pivotal to their final plan. Yeah. Because she's there in, into the palace where they can... Um, you know, set up their plot to, to you know, fight against the British. So, yeah. and, you know, once and for all, to retake their homeland. I would say she's probably the, she's definitely the most useless and yeah. kind of weak Okay, well, then you have the, the action star uh, female lead. Who would you say she is? Um, as far as, like, American famous Yeah, would she stars? be, like, J-Law, Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, maybe. Something like that. Just because there's bow and arrows involved, so it's <laughs> Katniss all over I don't again. know how famous she is. Like, yeah. the actress, I don't know. I didn't really look into that. But I was, you know, the two main guys, they're just, they're two of the most famous Yeah. right now. So One plot line that they did not finish was, in the beginning of the movie, Amir Khan's character swindles, like, backstabs this marauder guy like the thugs band I mean, of they're thieves the thugs, right um they're outlaws yeah and so that guy winds up in jail with the east india trading company and is it trading trading or tea east india east india trading trading company. yeah east india trading company and so he's in their jail and then the the main bad guy is like oh don't you want to get revenge on your old pal and then he's like, yeah, you know, like, and then, you and then never, nothing happens never with that. Again. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Here's the thing about this movie, okay? And I don't know, I guess we're getting into now the story. Right? Yeah, that's where I'm trying okay. to guide yeah, you, yes. <laughs> this movie is very long. Part of, I turned to you about 20 minutes in and I was like, maybe this movie's so long because of all the unnecessary slow motion sequences. Like, there's a lot of slow-mo in this movie. But I don't necessarily even have a problem with that. I mean, it's kind of... It's it's slow-mo in the, in the way that, like, the movie 300 has slow-mo. That's right? true. It's it action special effects slow-mo where, you know, it pauses for a second as you see the arrow whiz by, and then it goes back to normal speed, and, you know, it hits the guy in the chest kind yeah. of stuff. Um, there's also a lot of walking slow-mo scenes. Like, that's true. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Like doing the, you know, with the explosion in the background. Yeah. Kind so of. there's like the heroic like astronaut moment where they're like walking to the rocket ship that's gonna save everybody. But then there's also the ones where <laughs> they're plowing a field with a log, and that yeah. needs to be in slow mo for some reason. That was, that was a weird some interesting choices. Scene. I understood the message they were portraying, and it was important, but it was kind of a weird scene. So to compare this to, so from one of the critics, you know, they said, oh, this movie costs so much money, like, and you can see it on the screen. You know, we have this, that same issue with Cutthroat Island, where it's like, yeah, you can see where they spent the money. Right. Like, this is a visually stunning movie. Unlike in Cutthroat Island, where we're just like, what is the point of all this? I felt like this movie, you know, had a lot more of a story and a lot more of a you know, easily identifiable plot. So partway through this movie, the thought I had was at its ceiling, this movie could be like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon meets Braveheart kind of thing. Right. You know, and I, I go to that because it's a lot of crazy, like acrobatic, you know, physics defying, defying gravity, yeah, yeah. <laughs> action, which is generally cool a lot of the time. And then at its 
like four, I was like, this movie, if it's really bad, it's going to be like the level of Cutthroat Island. Mm -hmm. There were a few parts where I was like, okay, this is very reminiscent of Cutthroat Island. Like when, so one of the kind of the mid, um, I guess like the act two big conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Before going into the last part of the movie, they, um, they're in a marketplace and, you know, they're there to basically buy the smuggled weapons so that they, as freedom fighters, can have resources against their oppressors. And ultimately, they're betrayed, and they have to fight their way out and everything. And uh, Amir Khan's character, Farangi, is the one who betrayed them, because that's his whole thing. He's a con man. Like, he's playing all sides against each other. Yeah. But he still makes them think he didn't betray them and that gives him time to have a change of heart and be, it's basically like if Robin Hood had been a con man first and then ultimately (laughs) is like, Oh, I guess I'm, you know, everybody thinks I'm this guy. There's, you know, on the tip of my brain, I know that there's other movies and stories like that, you know, where it's like, Oh, they all think he's who he's not. And he's kind of like, Oh, you guys don't even know. But then they're like, no, you know, you're right. Right. Yeah, I mean, possibly. There's something on the tip of my I feel like there's plenty of stories where, you know, you're never quite sure where that character's... You know that they're loyal to themselves, but you never right. really know how far they're going to take it. Right. And I feel like this is definitely one of those situations where you just, you know, he's he's turned on them and betrayed them so many times... Or he seems like he's betrayed them in certain scenarios that you really just don't know anymore. Like you don't know if it's real. I mean, real, but you, you kind of do not. because you know that ultimately he's the he's the reluctant hero. He's yeah, he's dragged in. But ultimately, the whole point of the movie is that he's redeemable, mm-hmm. and that you know the Assad, the gr- old grizzled freedom fighter guy, has kind of you know convinced him deep in his heart that he's really you know, a good person and that he's worth Mm -hmm. that he's a, he's a, he's a leopard that can change its spots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so getting back to what I was saying, there's this scene where they're in the marketplace and they have to get out. And I'm like, this is exactly the scene from Cutthroat Island, which is not good. I mean, that was one of those things where you're like, this is, yeah, it's where, dumb where they bought Matthew Modine and then they realize yeah. who she is, so they have to escape. Yeah, it's where yeah. you're, you know, my criticism of that movie was like, there's all this action, but none of it's fun. It's like they're not, they're not having fun making this movie. There's no joy in it. It's just like, oh yeah, let's just have a bunch of chase scenes yeah. through the city and mindless whatever, because people like explosions and carriages, you know, horses and, you know, whatever. No. I think one of the most fun things for you was Assad's, uh companion okay. animal <laughs> that was amazing so Assad, like every time there's an awesome action scene that's about to happen and they're all like you know lining up getting ready to go oh you know we're gonna charge an attack he has this hawk that like flies past him in slow and, it's, <laughs> and it's screeching you know it's like, you know and you're like and it's it happens like 20 <laughs> times in this movie and it's amazing. And every time it happened, I just laughed because I'm like, this is awesome. So this gets me to my, one of the things I wanted to say. This movie was long and dragged, but I feel like the first two thirds of it dragged way more. And the last hour was really good mm-hmm. um, for what it is. Yeah. Um, 
once so they the, actually get into the final act of we have the plan where we're gonna we're gonna do the Robin Hood we're gonna slip into the you know the the party which not wearing disguises amazingly by the way the bad guy is like oh that's wait that's them no no don't do anything don't rush them and arrest them just hold on let's see how this plays out as they try to assassinate me <laughs> what <laughs> anyway so they do that you know and then you you're not sure where his loyalties lie still and you're not sure where it's going and it's still a lot of deception. I was okay with that. I think it definitely made the movie drag out more. Mm-hmm. I think, again, the songs, it's hard to be critical of things like the songs, even wasting time, even though, yeah, I'm like, Americans watching this, if you remade this somehow or if you had a similar type of movie here you know, for Western you know, audiences, no, you don't have any of that in this movie is way shorter. It's the pro- same problem we had with the Lone Ranger recently. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you could take out so much of this fluff. The scenes, okay, when we meet Ferrangi, and he basically um, ingratiates himself with this caravan, and then you find out, oh, it's because he's really doing it to set up the caravan so that the thug marauders can know where they are and come in and rob them. Yeah. And then you... The next scene you find out he's actually, you know, he's done that and now he's double-crossed them and he's sold all the thug marauders whereabouts and information to the British um, soldiers so they can arrest them yeah, and get his, paid twice. Yeah, his game is like he's constantly upping his reward with the, the, the trading company to the point where he's like, I'm getting a manor, I'm getting a farm, I'm getting like, right. I'm getting like 10,000 pounds or whatever like he he it's like the, those people that trade junk and garbage for free <laughs> until they wind up with a porsche like this is what he's doing <laughs> right so then we have the scene where he meets this belly dancing chick who's... no they definitely he already knew the no no, no i know okay chick. they we have get, some sort we... of a sleazy relationship yes, we meet her it's very reminiscent of jack sparrow running across all of the ladies of the night that he runs into right he gets slapped a lot (laughs) i feel like a lot of that introduction of his character and with her could have been combined into one scene that's true he could have he could have met her while he was betraying all these other people and you could have cut some stuff down or he could have immediately like taken the money that he got from the 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 trading company and gone straight to see her right like that would have been a good transition too i think that they could have cut out there was a lot of plot points with, you know, how they were going to plan to fight the British, then they fight the British, then they get caught, and then they escape, and they do all this stuff. It was a little exhausting, I think, mm-hmm. with so much. We were like, you know, can we just... I mean, there was a point where I was like, this is where the movie should end. They should have this. <laughs> and then, like, 20 more minutes where they go, you know, go in and kill the bad guy, and then we're good, right? So... Can we be clear about something? Yes. With all of these parallels you're drawing, and you're not, I don't think you're wrong, between this movie and Pirates of the Caribbean, this movie is not a pirate movie. It is not. That's true. It's this a... movie is a rebels against the oppressors movie. Yeah, it's a Star Wars movie, right? Or Yeah, or Braveheart, <laughs> or, you know, any number of, you know, big action... It's true, yes. Sword and sandal yes. type it's, drama. Although you know. there are ships, and the British, and... You know, it's yes, but it's they're technically not, but not. They a are pirate. not pirates. They're not. No. 
They're rebels. They, yes, so, they're rebel freedom fighters. And it's not like it's called Pirates of Hindustan, so I don't have a problem with that. But I think yeah. the easiest thing is you go, oh, they're on the high... They're, no, there's very little that happens on boats. Yes, there's a, a battle where they ambush the boats. The British are going to come attack them on. There's cannons. There's an awesome scene at the beginning where you think there's this big statue and it's really just all the soldiers covered in mud. That and was they're good. like, ha ha, we're here. Like that Trojan horse jizz. There are a couple <laughs> Trojan horse uh, yes. <laughs> instances in this movie. Um, so I think we're kind of talking a little bit about what the movie does poorly and what the movie does well. I just want to go back really quickly to... Um, so even though this movie is three hours and there are parts that could maybe be trimmed down, yes. I still think it's a rather engaging movie. Don't Wouldn't you say I, so? I'd say so, considering it has subtitles. I mean, you're forced to be engaged because of that. Yes, you have to read the subtitles. You kind of can't just zone out. I mean, you could just, you could decide, I don't, this is garbage, I don't want to watch it. But if you are at all trying to pay attention, you have to. Yeah. Because you have to be able to read. Yeah. So there were times where I was like, oh... What? Who's this guy? What's his deal? You know, trying to read on the iPad, and then I'm realizing I missed whatever they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting, though. I don't know if this is just because of the way it was subtitled, but there there are different points where when the trading company soldiers are by themselves, sometimes they speak English, and sometimes they speak... This movie is in, like, three different languages in India, so there's a couple different ways you can hear it. Um, so they're speaking whatever, one of those three languages that's not English. It's, the movie's in Hindi. No, I, in looking it up, there's three different right, but language they, they options. Have, oh, right, but they dubbed it, but they filmed it, they're speaking Hindi. Okay, anyway. So, yes, they're I'm speaking Hindi. <laughs> Jonathan is, seems fairly confident. I'm working this Um, but yeah, so... And, or the, and then there are some, like, minor, you know, mistranslations in the subtitles. Like, there was this one where we're like, oh, he meant to say, like, inside versus outside. And, like, you have to kind of think about it for a split so second. the thing that bothered me the most about that was the songs. Because yeah. it was very obvious, based on the subtitles, that these songs were using idiomatic expressions and sayings and, you know, rhyming and whatever mm -hmm. that did not make any sense when they translated over to English. Yeah. So like you get like the gist of the song, right. but you really don't get the same, I feel like emotional impact you would probably get in the native language. Right. But as somebody who's studied linguistics, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just cause someone was a language anyway, person. In someone college. with a degree in languages. <laughs> um, it bothers me. I feel like that's just lazy translation because a good translator should be able to come up with, similar expressions and then maybe tweak it to like try to create similar rhymes or similar so, wordflow or whatever when it comes to music. I, I bet they would have done that if they intended to release this for American audiences. Right. But it doesn't seem like they did. Well, like, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Why, why I don't, do they care? Yeah. I don't think they expected it to be a big deal here. So I don't think they took the time to do so that. So I'd like to take this time to make a point. You know, we pointed out how the Google users usually, like, people who watch things tend to like them. Yeah. Because they self-select. This movie, it was lower. It was still in the higher than 50% range, but it was not in that positive range where most people liked it. Mm -hmm. This movie had, like, a huge opening weekend, and then, like, everyone hated it, and nobody saw it after that. Which we've seen in countless India. times in Hollywood. Right. With Hollywood this movies. Is, so, even over there... They were like, this movie sucks. 
Yeah. And then, I mean, it's like, it'd be like the Man of Steel or like Batman versus Superman or something where, you know, you get all these nerds over here. They're like, oh yeah, you know, Christopher Nolan produced this movie. It's going to be so awesome. And then they're like, dude, that movie sucked. Like, <laughs> and then it just kind of peters out and then and I, gets a bad reputation. And I, well, I, I'm curious because from doing the research for this episode, it did seem like there was a lot of hype about this movie. Because mm-hmm. it was a big budget movie, it had oh, big yeah. stars, and I'm think I'm wondering how much of that, like sometimes happens here, is like your expectations are too high. Yeah. So coming into this and you know hearing the negative reviews or reading the negative reviews and then watching it, I felt like I was like pleasantly surprised. Well, so going back to our reviews that we looked at earlier, what's interesting is that so we had three, and two of them were kind of positive. And then one was like, this movie sucks. I wish I had been blindfolded, right? <laughs> Which is unfair because visually it's a good looking movie. True. Here's my point. The two somewhat positive reviews were from Western critics. That's true. The dude who was actually from India was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> so I'm really curious about that because from my perspective, this movie's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> like... It has problems. I don't know how much of that is based on that they have tailored it to their audience. And so problems I have with it, as we've said, are going to be things that they're like, yeah, no, we don't. Okay. But our, you know, culture likes that. So F off, Mm -hmm. you know. But obviously they didn't. I mean, obviously those people didn't like it. And I'm just like, I don't understand why. It's not like... I liked the second half of this movie. Or, well, I liked the last one-third of this movie. Like, the ending was exciting. The action was good. The suspense of, you know, you know that he's, like, maybe he's going to betray them, but you know that ultimately in the end it's only because he has some sort of plan or, you know, they're all in on a plan or something's going on. You're like, no, this isn't what's going to happen. It has kind of like an Ocean's Eleven-y sort of vibe at the end. Kind of. Where you don't really, you think you know what's going on, but you don't really... And there's an amazing, like, twist reveal about, you know, should we just say it, or? No. No, okay. There's an amazing thing where you're like, oh my gosh, really, that? Because I feel like this is going to be a rare instance where we're going to tell you to go watch this movie. Actually, recommend you go watch this movie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so the last hour of this movie was pretty exciting. It did kind of have the Lord of the Rings problem where you're like you know okay good that's a good ending why is there still 15 minutes left of yeah this movie? i think in this you know? when i saw the third one in theaters i just like it kept fading to black and i was like how is there still more of this movie right this didn't do that this it didn't, didn't fade that, to black a lot but, but but you did have the point where you're like oh good they won okay yeah, cool that's a satisfying no nope, then you then you look kidding. at the the timer and you're like how is there more time left like, yeah. there should be three more minutes to wrap it up they all hug and say oh you know bye so, I mean, obviously, we I mean, we didn't read the book. We don't know, you know, how that story ends. But I'm curious, do you feel this movie would have benefited more if there was more of a love story between the, you know, rebel chick and Amir Khan's character? Or do you think it did fine as it was, where, like, they just kind of grow a mutual respect for each other? But don't romantically. Are you asking me what audiences would prefer, or are you asking me what I think would have made a better movie? Or do you think they made a good choice in not making it romantic? I think it's a better movie by not having the romance develop. Mm -hmm. I think it's more respectful to her character that she's not just some 
you know, she's not just the whatever, the heroine whose only purpose is to fall in love with the guy and show that he's yeah. redeemable and whatever. No, like, she's actually, mm-hmm. it's her throne, you know, she has the goal of reclaiming, you know, getting revenge for her family, and so it makes her a better character. Yeah. And I don't think it, he needed it, because he has this other girl who's not in the movie enough to really matter, but if they wanted <laughs> to do something like that, they clearly, they, you know, that's her, the purpose of her character is to kind of be his love ultimately yeah. or whatever um and i definitely would not have wanted to see some kind of like love triangle either yeah i think that would have been a disservice to all their characters i think it was a you almost had a not a love triangle but like a trust triangle between him her and the old guy yeah so the old guy is like well. even though he's this rebel leader he still wants to trust people and wants to believe in the best in people and will give people the chance to, you know, prove themselves or redeem themselves. But he's also, like, super shrewd and realistic and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah so you betrayed me. I hope you got a good price for it. You know, yeah. and he's like, oh, how does he know I betrayed him? <laughs> yes, I did. Ha <laughs> let's have a fight. You yeah, know? so, but she is com- the complete opposite. She's like, I'm not trusting anything that you're right. doing. Like, I don't get this. And over the course of the movie, you know, she kind of lets those walls down and, you know, maybe that's what inevitably that's makes what, her a better leader because... And that's what makes for a, an exciting ending when, yeah. you know, they're not sure where his loyalties really lie. Mm-hmm. Okay, did you like his character, Amir Khan's character of Farangi? Like, do you, was he likable to you? Kind of. He, I feel like he's almost like, um... I feel like he's an anti-hero, sort of. Well, he is. He, he yeah. And. Kind of. Maybe. I mean, he has kind of that cocky, sort of, I want to say, like, Iron Man vibe. Like, yeah, I mean, he is very reluctantly being dragged into things. And yeah. You mean just cocky, like, the charm that he has? Yeah. Think, but. Yeah. He's very foppish. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean. I felt like there were times where I doubted whether he was good or not, or whether he really was going to betray them or not. And I feel like that's a great thing to have with a character. And credit to Amir Khan for that, because, you know, you really just don't know. Whereas in a lot of movies, the, the bad guy or the... You know, the guy who starts out as a bad guy but turns into a good guy or vice versa. Like, you see it coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though you, you're you sure or you hope that he's going to redeem himself, he you, you don't know until the very end whether or not he does. Uh-huh. So, for the life of me, I have, I've struggled to figure out, like, what other movies there are i'm like i know there's movies it's a formula where it's kind of this people that are not who they think being dragged in or whatever Mm -hmm. and i know this isn't the one i was thinking of but looking at a list of movies where that's kind of the trope galaxy quest yeah (laughs) that's kind of the whole thing of that movie is that you know they're and this doesn't necessarily have that but it is kind of that you know boiled down thing is like oh they think that he's this guy now granted in galaxy quest they didn't set out to be to con yeah. them into it. They're dragged in and they don't realize what's going on. 
But in here, it's kind of that same thing as, oh, you know, you're our hero. And he's like, no, I'm not. It's like how we always okay. talk about a bug's life. Like, we forgot about a bug's life. They do that there, too. But I want to say this more closely resembles, to do a recent movie, is Solo. Where they're, you know, they're making the castle run. They right. deliver the highly dangerous whatever it is. Right. And those rebel people come to fight them. And then they're like, no, like. They stole from our families. Like, they right. killed our families. Like, we're here defending ourselves mm. against them. And you're like, oh, like right. maybe. Well, yeah. Han Solo definitely is probably one of the most famous reluctant hero archetypes where, yeah, he's, you're not sure if he's a good guy or bad guy or whatever. And ultimately, his heart, you know, his true colors show in the end. Of course, in Star Wars and then getting the backstory of, you know, of that in the prequel. There's a lot of movies. I mean, it's a, it's a trope. It's an yeah. archetype. I thought his character was good. Yeah. Like, I thought he was very charming. As I said at the beginning, you know, he, unlike Jack Sparrow, who's kind of like, he's funny because of his mannerisms. This guy's funny because of his charisma and his charm. Yeah. You know, he definitely has that like, oh, hey, you know, come on, I'm your friend, I'm your buddy, like, step this way, let me sell you into slavery, kind of, you know. Yeah, and, and over the course of the movie, he wins over, like, several people he certainly right. shouldn't. Um, one of which being a tea company, trading company soldier. <laughs> right, the, the right-hand man of the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I definitely think he's more likable than a lot of main characters we've seen in other movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we going to break tradition and tell people to watch this movie? Um, I would say give it a chance. Maybe. If you don't mind foreign films, then you... See, I don't know, because I feel like the problem is it's kind of a weird... For us, as a Western audience, mm -hmm. because it's a foreign language film, I feel like, to some degree, some people who like foreign language films, they generally like good foreign language films, you know, very, like, artistic... <laughs> like Amelie? Yeah. You know, which is very or whimsical as a film. But... Or... Yeah, it's always French movies that... It good. Oh, there's tons. Lagan <laughs> um, was a great example right. of a Bollywood movie that did well. I mean, look at um, what's the Roma, right? Oh, this uh huh. Past year, whatever it was, year or two. Was it this year? Doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was considered one of the best movies of the year, not just foreign. Yeah. So I feel like the people who like foreign films and don't mind reading subtitles, maybe are a little more snooty. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just like, yeah, you know, the, they're not necessarily looking for, Hey, I want to watch a foreign language film of like a Pirates of the Caribbean, Michael Bay, Braveheart, Robin Hood amalgamation, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> which it kind of is. Yeah. And if that sounds fun to you, then yeah, give it a chance. Why not? I mean, maybe watch it in two pieces or maybe... If you start to feel like it's getting boring, just, like, skip ahead 20 minutes and see what's going on. Skip ahead until you start seeing, like, sword fighting and explosions. Um, but for me personally, I enjoyed it because it kind of is reminiscent of several films that I like. Yeah. And I have a very diverse, eclectic kind of cinematic palette. And so I can see where I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like I said, at the beginning when they're flying around, you know, do, and I'm like, this is 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, this is kind of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon-esque. Um, and I remember the first time seeing that movie and being blown away. And yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it since then again, which maybe I should rewatch it. But, yeah, it you're like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and 300, the same way. Like, when they kind of started pioneering some of those special effects, it was not... Like, 300 is not a very great story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Like, it's only good because the action is really good. Like, Zack Snyder... He knows how to direct action. Yeah, because we we saw 300 together, didn't we? No. We watched it together, at least. We probably watched it together, but I saw it, like, in 2000. Okay. Anyway, well, I remember seeing it and saying it's a pretty movie, uh-huh. but that's all I could say about it. Right, well... You know, like, it's it's definitely one of those visual spectacle movies I feel like you need to see on a big screen. Uh-huh. Because it's just gorgeous. First time I watched it was on a portable DVD player. Wow. So, there's that. <laughs> that sucks for you. <laughs> uh, I would say I would recommend this movie, um, but with a very large caveat. And I don't want people to be blaming me and being like, you said that watch that. That movie sucked. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you'll think it sucks. Maybe you like foreign language subtitle films. And because of that, you know, mindless action, whatever freedom fighter adventure sword and sandal dramas are not your thing in which case don't watch it but and maybe if those are your thing maybe you're like i'm not watching something where i have to read you know yeah that's fair too but you know if you're hell if you're european and you're gonna be reading you know subtitles for a transformers movie anyway then maybe you should watch this movie you know i don't know I don't know where I'm going with this. Okay. I had fun. I'll say that. I had fun watching this movie. It was long. It did drag. I would personally redo a lot of things with it, but ultimately, it was a fun movie. So in a rare moment on this podcast, Jonathan did not regret watching this movie. Hey, I didn't regret watching... Dark, whatever, below the dark, beneath, beneath the, the darkness, darkness, whatever, like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's true. And that was more, that was more uh, shocking because that was shocking. that would be the kind of movie where I'd be like, this movie's garbage, how dare you? <laughs> what do you think? Did I you... enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my Bollywood experience you like isn't, Bollywood. isn't, I mean, I no. haven't seen like everything Bollywood right, has okay. to offer and I don't you know, actively seek out certain Bollywood movies, but Mm. I, you know, I hear about good ones and I take a chance and dive in. I don't mind subtitles every once in a while. Like, Train to Busan, which is a Korean movie, is amazing. And uh, on my watch list is Padmavat. Um, It's another Bollywood movie that's a historical whatever that is currently on my watch list. But yeah, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it, and I didn't think it was, I I mean, again, you know, we're not as familiar with what Indian audiences like to see out of a Bollywood movie, but for our taste, it had, you know, all the makings of a decent blockbuster movie here. <laughs> I am really curious about this movie, about why, like, it didn't do well over there. Yeah, and why Amir Khan felt the need to, like, take the blame for it not doing well with audiences. Because obviously it tanks pretty severely. (laughs) 
in theaters over there. So having just sped read an article to answer <laughs> this question, which I think is good, um, and I should have done that earlier, but whatever. Wait, you mean we have to do research for this podcast before we're recording it? <clears throat> you can just... Shenanigans. You can just edit things to make it seem like I'm smart. Um, so basically, the two main problems of this movie were essentially, is they took this, the history of the, the thuggy, you know, groups that were like murderous, horrible, violent marauders that just killed people and pillaged and whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh no, it's cool. They're like, they like, oh, they romanticized They were, yeah, they romanticized these violent, horrible people. I see. And obviously in this case, they're not saying all of. You know, they, they, our freedom fighters didn't represent all of them because we saw the other thugs, you know, that he turned into the British who yeah. did, in fact, you know, kill people. Yeah, because he, because, yeah, Ferrangi had to be like, no, no, don't kill them. Like, just rob them. Like, right. Um, and then the other problem was the, they didn't think it was very good, um, casting to basically put two huge blockbuster stars in a movie kind of opposite each other. And so That's then, like all we do here. No, 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 I know, but like, <laughs> I'm sure there's times where it doesn't work, where you're like, oh, you know, like two, two big ego actors, uh-huh. kind of, and so, basically the collision of their, of their personalities, you know, with their acting selves, which I personally, maybe the problem is, it doesn't come across as much when we don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. So, all we're getting is like facial expressions, but not understanding the tone of voice in their words. The way that you would if it was your native native language, mm-hmm. and so for us, it's just like, oh, he said that. It's you're checking the boxes of the plot line versus you, as a foreign audience, we're not really getting into how the acting really, you know, is being fleshed out. Yeah. So how the performance changes the story. Yeah. So again, maybe that's why you know in India they're like, oh no, this doesn't work, and we're like. Why doesn't it work? Well, you just literally don't understand why it doesn't work. Because yeah. <laughs> you don't understand what they're saying. And the way they're saying it to each other and the, you know, what that implies and whatever. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever, you know. Yeah. I'm sure there's movies people could think of here in America where you're like, oh, yeah. You know, that actor and that actor. Yeah, that didn't, you know, it wasn't good. So that's kind of interesting. So romanticizing, uh, you know, and kind of painting over, glossing over the actual brutal history with like oh no it's cool they're like robin hood they're trying to you know help the oppressed poor people and i get it that that seems like valid criticisms um as someone who doesn't have any sort of connection to the history of that culture i it's hard to have a criticism of that you know what i mean because i don't i'm like oh no that's fine you know i'm sure that people watching you know like in china Watching the movie, like, The Patriot, you know, right? The Mel Gibson film, uh-huh. right? Where he just, like, kills British soldiers and whatever. And they probably, they'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's, you know, those are the bad guys. He's the good guy. That's all there is to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then right in the beginning of the movie, too, there is a lot of, I mean, you don't, like, see the violence necessarily, mm-hmm. but, you know, the her brother gets, Killed in, like, a pretty horrific way, like, in mm-hmm. front of the whole family. Right. And then her, the rest of her family is killed, too. Right. And, you know, these are all definitely things that happened in, in history. So maybe the problem and is this film is basically portraying the British as clearly 
downright evil bad guys. Yeah. No question. And the, oh no, you know, the, the Indians themselves, the ones that are brutal and bad, you know, they're just misunderstood and they're just whatever. And I can understand, therefore, the criticism of how that kind of mm-hmm. isn't being true to what really happens. Any final thoughts on Thugs of Hindustan? Um, it'd be interesting to do some more foreign language films. Yeah. And, you know, see kind of what else. I do have a couple on our list. Maybe the problem is that with foreign language films, a lot of times the ones that even reach us are ones that are generally considered good. Mm -hmm. And so it might be harder to find high quality, bad foreign language films. Possibly. So if anything, I'm grateful that this movie allowed me to branch out and experience, uh, you know, some, you know, some outside the box cinema, which I enjoyed the experience. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this week's one star bazaar. As always, you can reach out to us on social media to let us know what you think or what you'd like us to watch next. Please rate and review if you're willing. It helps us out, and we do truly appreciate your feedback. Join us next week when we watch not one, not two, but three essential movies from the 90s. From our childhood. From our childhood. These are the movies that helped shape the millennial generation. And name an NHL team. True enough. (laughs) The Mighty Ducks. Yes, all three Mighty Ducks movies are one star movies. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next week.